When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Michael, and you're about to listen to our first live show from Contact in the Desert. Um, So just a heads up, uh, this is our first live show. It might sound a little different than our regular episodes. We had a great time. Uh, We had special guests, Daryl Sims, a.k.a. the Alien Hunter, and a surprise guest with Maria Thayer, who joined us for the second half of the show. We're going to split this episode up into parts one and part two, and you're going to get them both today. In a package deal. And then next week, there will be no new episode. But you get two right now. And then next week, we take it off. I also want to give you guys a little heads up. Our interview with Daryl was incredible. He was somebody that we've never had on the show before. Uh, It gets a little dark. A little dark pretty quick. But then we, you know, hang in there and listen to the conversation. I just want to give a little heads up that uh, it gets a little dark for a minute. Um, And some topics that we don't necessarily always talk about on the show come up but uh we ended up having a fascinating conversation with him and we thought it was important to present our interview with daryl in its uh full full form so thank you to everyone who came to the show uh enjoy these two back-to-back parts one and part two of live from contact in the desert and we'll see you in two weeks with a brand new episode from our clubhouse we love you guys kisses It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. (laughs) I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. (laughs) Yes. Hello, Contact in the Desert. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. How exciting was it for you guys to watch how how slowly a podcast sets up for 20 minutes? (laughs) You guys are champs. Uh, Welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club. This is a show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I see a little flutter back there. Are you having palpitations? Yes, I am. All right. All right. (laughs) That's good. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host. I'm Bryce Johnson. And our super producer, Bradley Brake. Yeah. All right. Here That's we are. Us. That's us. Here we That's are. That's it. That's the show. So <laughs> this is amazing. We're in, uh, where, where are we? Indian Wells in the Palm Desert. Mm-hmm. This is between doing a podcast and researching UFOs and Bigfoot. This is the most sun I'm going to see all year. Right. Probably a lot of you, too. I'm probably still the palest one in this room. Um, so for those of you who, is anybody here that's never heard this show before? I've never heard the podcast. All right. I see some oh, cool. hands. You're that's, in for a good time. Right. Oh yeah. Okay, great. I Look at all those new listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, we're not your, great. we're not your usual paranormal podcast. We like to have fun with it. We that's make fun right. of ourselves and how much we love it. We've also had weird stuff happen to us. It's mm-hmm. true. I saw an alien at the window one time at 4 o'clock in the morning yeah. outside my apartment in Los Angeles. Yeah, I was visited by the devil when I was four. Yes. Well, that's, that's very misleading. Devil in disguise. It, wasn't it the Underwood canned ham devil? Yeah, it looked like that. Yeah, you know that old canned tuna with the little devil on it? It was very... But then Jacques Vallée has that great book where... Uh, where all those, uh, the alien has all those different masks that he, uh, so I was often wondered, like, maybe it was just alien in disguise. Maybe. I don't know. Well. You can help us with that. The devil's very scary. He so. is. Changed your life, and now we have a podcast. Bryce and I <laughs> yeah. are both actors. We met on the set of a very non-paranormal show called Major Crimes. Yep. We knew each other before then, but we worked together and we found out, I think, if you'll see, this is our new uh, logo, by the way, by the Little Friends of Printmaking, and you'll see that Sassy, our Sasquatch, is actually walking out of a portal. Yeah. Because yeah. we're very weird. <laughs> and Bryce, 
Uh, the first time that we were talking on set, we were at craft services making a little plate. Which is where actors usually hang out. That's and, right. And uh, Bryce was in the movie Willow Creek by Bobcat Goldwaite. Yeah. And, uh, Has anybody seen that here? It's a great, scary. Nice. It's Go a home found... and rent it. It's good. It's a found footage Bigfoot movie by yes. Bobcat Goldwaite. Bryce is in a tent for 20 minutes in one shot, and it's a very scary scene. It is. You did really good tent acting. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> they say acting is listening you and you and reacting, and you nail yeah. it. Well, I was a little scared, so it worked out You perfect. really were out in I Bluff really Creek was. filming, right? Would you yeah. say that his acting was intense? <laughs> it was. It this, was. This is why you're promoted to super That's producer. That's why I'm the producer. I'm Nailed it. <laughs> they're standing. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, so we were talking at Crafty, and I was like, Hey, good job in that Willow Creek movie. And you were like, Do you like Bigfoot? Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, Me too. And you were immediately like, Do you think he's an interdimensional entity? And I was like, <laughs> I'm open to it. <laughs> what about UFOs? Do you like UFOs? I like UFOs. Do you like um, yeah. Chupacabra? Yeah. What about Yeti? Yeah. I like all that shit, man. Do you think Roswell really happened? Yes. Yes, me too. So it was on at that point. It was. Anyway, thank you so much for coming yeah. to the show. That's it. Have a great time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Bryce, we have our amazing guest here in the room right now. We're yes, going to we bring do. him up here. Do you want to give a big introduction to our guest? Oh, my God. People? I would love to. I mean, he really needs no introduction, but I wrote one anyway. We are so pleased to introduce you a man who has dedicated his life to giving us the answers that we seek through his hard work, determination, and best of all, his ability to bring about physical evidence. We are that much closer to answering some of our most confounding questions. He's the world's leading expert on alien abductions, a master hypnotherapist and certified medical hypnoanesthesiologist. He has orchestrated 25 surgeries worldwide to remove alleged alien implants. A former CIA agent and private investigator with over 38 years in the field. A man who has a chupacabra in his freezer. <laughs> and juvenile Sasquatch's fingernail and urine sample. And he well, looks damn good in a cowboy hat. It's true. Ow! I mean, ow! A man who needs no introduction, Mr. Daryl Sims. Thank you, Daryl. Daryl, Daryl, shake, hello. Got to do the talk show host, shake. <laughs> Sit down, grab a mic. Yeah, grab a mic, Daryl. We'll turn that on for you. Thank you. Absolutely. Man, it's so nice to have you here. I'm a big fan of all you do. Um, so, Daryl, it's our extreme pleasure to have you on a guest as our first ever live show here at Contact in the oh, Desert. Yeah, I forgot to mention, this is our first live show. Yeah. 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 I heard this is your first time at Contact in the Desert, too. Is that well, right? It, it is my first time. It is my first time on your program. And I, I have to tell you, folks, I heard a lot of great stuff about these guys. And, oh. and they better be able to perform. Oh. <laughs> I think so. I think we're going to... Speaking of performing, I want to talk about this photo real quick, Daryl. Yeah. Now, did you mount that alien gray head to your wall? Do you have, like, a trophy room where you've hunted? You're the alien hunter. Not, did not you that wrangle you know that of. one yourself? Not that you know of. Okay. <laughs> I love that picture. That, Some people have weird dungeons in their basement. Yeah. You have a weird trophy room. That's true. Man. That's true. Well, let's just jump right in as we ask all our guests on the show. Daryl, what is your personal paranormal history? Well, uh, I guess the simplest way to put that is um, I was an average normal kid at uh, age four years old in Midland, Texas, 1005 South, uh, South K Street, and uh, I never had a weird thing in my life. I'm just beyond normal. I mean... Midland, Texas is the middle of nowhere. It's a desert in Texas. It's I literally nothing. think it's like five miles beyond normal. Yeah, That's how you find that well, town. It's, there's a, you have to take a left turn there. <laughs> okay, got it. So uh, basically, I'm in my room, and um, uh, something strange happened. It never happened to me before, and I simply felt like I didn't wake up. It's just, it's, unless you've been involved in this phenomenon, you probably won't know what I'm talking about. But it's like I switched on, and I sat up in bed, and I noticed this skinny strange-looking little guy walking toward the wall. He's got this big, bulbous head, and he's, he looked like like some out of a bad movie. I mean, little skinny, tiny arms. And I thought, well, he's going to bump into the wall. What's he doing in here? I mean, it's winter, it's cold, he's got no clothes on. And the weirdest thing happened. He turned around instantly, and it's as if he heard me think he's going to bump into the wall. And he looks at me, and I can... For the first time in my life, it's never happened to get since. 
is uh, I heard him say mentally, because his lips never moved, it's awake. It's awake. Damn. Not he's awake, it's awake. (laughs) Now, it's awake. So basically what that meant was that he had made a mistake, and I'm not supposed to remember anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. So... um, when he turned around, I got a bigger shock than that. And if this, you guys are going to have a, a field day on me for this one. You'd be uh, surprised. He didn't have any clothes on. Little kids notice things. Adults probably don't. He doesn't have a TT. He doesn't have a belly button. That's actually what aliens call their junk is TT. <laughs> I just didn't know, you know. We're already learning about this stuff. <laughs> I can see this is going to go downhill fast. No, no. It's an androgynous being. Um, so, Daryl, like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie Predator, you uh, who went from hunted to hunter, you had your final straw moment with this uh, entity, probably, I think, a little bit later on. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Just a little bit. Um, and there, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, the reason I've never told the full story um, is because I always get people, it, and I mean this in the kindest way, they come up to me afterwards and say, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I said, well, good. Then since my last event had uh, entities in it that are not in the UFO literature, why don't you just describe them to me? Right. Uh, had long flowing robes, and it was uh, wrong. You're making stuff up. The fact is that the event was quite violent. Uh, it was my last event. It was not an abduction in, 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 a, in a critical sense of the word. I've got 2,000 cases worldwide, and... Uh, uh, I like uh, working with people because I know where they've been. I know what's happened to them, and and I, I have a lot of humor about that and so on. But some of these people have been through some, been through the ringer. I mean, like you can't even imagine. So the bottom line is that uh, it, to convince myself, did that really happen? Mm-hmm. Um, that when they came in, I noticed a huge light under the door, and I'm just, I, I, and it's really weird because you sense something seriously wrong. Can you see that light under the door? And it's not, it's not coming like from the light on the ceiling. <laughs> And uh, then the door was broken open. My dad and mom sleep in the next room. My dad's an extremely light sleeper. They, I'm telling you, if he thought anybody was going to harm those children, that, that'd be it. You'd, you'd be gone. And he never woke up. Uh, so the event happened. They, they, they were horrific. Uh, my, at the VA hospital, they asked me a question. They said, if you have any pains? And I said, yeah, over here. And he said, no, your pain's over here. And I said, don't tell me where my pains are at. I, you're the doctor. You fix stuff. I'll tell you what's broken or messed up. And he says, but your broken ribs are over here. Weird. I don't have any broken ribs, but I do now. Hmm. So he said, well, they healed you back. No, they didn't heal me back. They cleared up the problem because they, it was going to get caught. So anyway, next morning, my dad gets up and he says, and he knows the door's open. And we had, it's an old-style army barracks converted to a house because we're kind of poor. I am co- taking collection, though, for those of you. <laughs> yeah. Set up a jar right yeah, here. Yeah, a little jar there, a little hat, and we'll use this. And uh, long story short is the old-style square, uh, those of you who remember these old army, the square lock on the door was broken and laying on the floor. Mm. Well, now, it takes a lot to knock that lock off the door. It's laying on the floor. My dad gets up and go to work, and he says, it's the strangest thing I've ever heard. He should, have, he should have been really angry. He says, sure hard on these doors, boy. I said, yes, sir. I, I am. I, I'll, 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 I'll fix that. Okay. And he just, weird. Hmm. So the locks landed report, that's what really convinced me that uh, this thing was more real than you can imagine. Yeah, and moved, you, moved in the physical universe as well. Do you think that there's any connection to the fact that in... in uh, this, you said this was your first experience uh, with, the, with this entity, or... This, and the last event was with a different, different group. Right. right. Do you think that there's any connection, and I might just be you know, grasping at straws here, but like the fact that it was an army base... Is that a magnet of any kind? Like that you grew up in an old army base? Do you think that well, there's any connection between that and this showing up? Well, thank you, thank you for bringing up all these painful memories. <laughs> That's what we do here. <laughs> no. 
Hmm. Got it. The reason is because Holloman Air Force Base is 10 miles down the road. Yeah. This is not on an Army base. It's just an old Army barracks. Got it. Just That's all you can afford. You know, so you fix it up. My dad's a contractor, so we fix it up. So we had a home. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's real sad. Well, I just, I, you know, you hear about, like, and we're going to actually talk about this in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little foreshadowing. It, that, uh, you know, you, 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 want, you hear about all these, like, different hot spots where things like this happen. And I just didn't know if that area that you grew up had any connection to the paranormal beyond what you personally experienced and if you thought there was a connection between well, connection there. Since I'm a researcher, I, I tend to know certain things about the statistics, what we've collected and so on. One of them is that uh, when people ask, they ask this question, where's the best, where can I get abducted? <laughs> Dumb <laughs> idea. But in case you want to know, who right, the best. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> So, um, anywhere, the, the primary th- area is from Alaska, anywhere along where the mountain ridge comes through there, through the Rocky Mountains, all the way down through the Central America, South America. If you're anywhere near that pine, uh, snowmass wilderness in Colorado, you're going to get yours. That's a good so spot. So, it's a great spot. So, if you live there, go get regressed. Right. <laughs> so get Dale, it done. As the alien hunter, and I love that moniker, what is your mission or goal? My mission goal is uh, quite different than what people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think I'm uh, the implant specialist because I've done, conducted 25 surgeries and found, found fluorescence on people that the alien, it's kind of like alien sweat and they touch you. They leave uh, the trace of their, like their fingers and so on, on you and it penetrates your skin subdermally on contact. You can't get the stuff off. And, uh, but for twenty nine ninety five, I could, I could special. <laughs> You can do a clearing. Yeah, I can, I can, yeah, I can fix it for you. <laughs> Snake oil wagons yeah, out back. We, we we'll can be, meet you in the hall. Right up. No, I've seen those handprints. They're yeah. creepy, to say the least. They, it's scary. Very scary. It uh, Generally, if you see like one of like, uh, the first first one you found, it was on a, a millionaire's uh, woman, and uh, very wealthy, and uh, said, do you mind if I check your face and neck? And she says, why? And I said, well, you're exposed skin because... I just have this intuition that we're missing stuff. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not getting I said, I'm an ex-cop, ex-CIA. You have to look for evidence you don't know that it's there. You have to, you have to look. And I did. She said, okay. And I said, if your arm, she, she did. She had short sleeves on. And there's a Mandelbrot set on the inside of her arm, on the, on the bicep. And it lit up like a Christmas tree. And she's like, what, 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 what is that? What, what does that mean? I said, I don't know. And she runs to the bathroom Start scrubbing, and it's like a rape victim. The harder they scrub, the harder they cry. Mm. Because what you're doing, you're activating the memory from the touch is what you're doing. 55% of all your communication, everybody, except for me. (laughs) 55% of your communication is your physiology. 38% your tone, pitch, and timbre voice. Only 7% your words. So when you tell me your UFO story and you're like, and then I was abducted three more times. Right. You need medication. Right. I mean, that's such a good point. And, and, and it is, it's, I mean, we're, you know, we're talking about the pain and everything, but like you forget that these experiences, if you're us and haven't had one of them, that, that, that it is traumatic. I mean, it is, you know, we get so caught up with the side of these stories that are like, do aliens really exist? What was the UFO like? What did they look like? That you forget that in that moment, there is a person or people going through a really, you know, effed up experience. And uh, I don't know. We've got some photos here. I mean, this is not an actual photo of an alien. I just no, want to make him. that clear. It's him. <laughs> no. But uh, we got some of these pictures from you, Daryl. What is? What are we looking at here? What's this? Uh, is this an implant? This is a reportedly an implant. I did not have anything to do with this, so I can't uh, have no verification on it. So... But people send me stuff all the time. And, of course, if you're an abductee, most of you, you've got at least one implant, maybe 50. Uh, that's just not true. Implants are extremely rare, mm. extremely rare. And so I, I hate it when people put stuff on the Internet and try to scare these people half to death. And then they have to say, well, you've got to check me out for implants. No, I don't, because you don't have them. They're very rare. And you'll see tonight at 7 o'clock, you'll see what I'm talking about. And when it's there, I guarantee you, it's, it, when the cardiovascular surgeon or brain surgeon looks at me and says, what do you want to do? Right. They're not asking me, should we cut? They know to cut. They don't know where to cut and how to do it because they don't know where the scylla is at on this thing or any other aspects of this thing. So 
the implant is they're very rare and i just want people not to be afraid it just you don't need to be afraid of that please now, don't as far as the abduction phenomena how big of a thing do you think this is like how many people do you feel in your expert opinion are being abducted every year and and that includes the cases that that go unreported i have to qualify it by saying i haven't met everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> yet yet but probably within the conference i will uh i uh I, my, my sense is, based on, and I travel all over the world, I'll be in like three, four countries in two months, just in, in another two months. And uh, so and I've got 2,000 2, cases worldwide. So my point is that that may give me some sense of qualification, or I hope it will give you a sense of qualification of my, my so. statement. But in my opinion, the, the abductions have been in the millions. Wow. I do. I believe that. And I think most of the people do not know, case in point. I had 10, 10 UFO event abduction account, accounts between age 4 and age 17, the last one being horrific. My point is simply this, and I mean this to those of you who may not understand this. I don't remember connecting the dots with any of them. Every time they happened, it was like a brand new light. But yet I knew the same cosmic skinhead that was there to get me. I call him the pizza, cosmic pizza delivery guy. Because he, he's taking the pizza back, you know. Right. <laughs> this is bad pizza. Take out, get, that, get that thing out of here. That's so, wild. That's, that's I wasn't weird. expecting to hear in the millions. That's to say yes, the least. Sir. That's yes, wild. I feel like, the, um, I feel like alien, the alien abduction phenomenon was really popular, like, in the 90s. And I don't know why that was such a big, you know, like, the X-Files started, then it really was part of the zeitgeist. And I feel like now you're hearing less about abduction experiences and more about stuff like we're hearing, you know, like the Navy talking about the UAPs and reporting UFOs and the Pentagon having studied all that stuff. So you tend to hear about craft crafts a lot, like flying, you know, the old flying saucer stuff. But I feel like not as many people, and maybe I'm just not watching the right programs, but I feel like the alien abduction phenomenon itself has seemed to just go, gone, go away from the zeitgeist a little bit. Do you agree or disagree with that? Well, I, I, I think that it, it, it's, it's, it's human, and this is awful to say this, because it, it's, it, I'm not denigrating our conference or any of this. I'm not denigrating it. I'm just saying that people grow up. to get out of the fear, and they're like, okay, I'll talk about it. And it's okay, and, and it is. It's fine to talk about it. But then it's after a while, it's like, yeah, but I've already heard all that stuff. <laughs> right. I've had like 14 different abductions, but on a psychic level. Yeah, you, I feel and like you, you haven't. <laughs> and that's just too bad. But you see, the problem is that there are different densities, and you're, what they really mean is you're thick. Your, your density is not as high as it should be. I feel like you're running Give into a lot a of break. pretentious uh, <laughs> abductees. Where are you hanging out? Uh, some of these folks are not abductees, or, but they're. They have to identify with that, and that, that's a different phenomena, and yeah. that's okay. But you don't need to claim that, stick that on the abduction thing and say, well, because you haven't had. Like the people come up to me all the time, I, hand of God. lady came to me in San, in San Diego in 1988, and she came up in this really expensive dress like a moo-moo. Back then it was really. She comes up, and, I mean, she Moo-moo's stops do she run stopped very high. dress they, just kept moving yeah, past her, and I'm like, okay. She goes, what? And she says, you have, hand of God, astral implants. <laughs> I said, I use Preparation H. I don't know what <laughs> She said, that's not very funny. I said, I think it's really <laughs> funny. funny. How much will you remove them for? 50 bucks a piece. Wow. Hand of God. I said, how many do I have? She says, 10. I said, hmm, 10, $500. I know approximately a thousand people. That's five hundred thousand dollars you're going to make this year if you can just turn me for your little stuff. Isn't that neat? Right. I said, never going to happen, sister. Never in your life. I said, well, I know if they're missing. No. Then what difference does it matter if I have them or don't? I haven't thought of that. Ooh. So this is the kind of stuff we don't need in the UFO field. Yeah. I'm sorry. We don't need this because nobody's. It's just it's just bunk. Pure debunk. Are you telling me that Bigfoot doesn't disappear and reappear out of portals? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> All he, right, there text, we go. he texted me before we came on here. 
and I'm telling you, he's real. I want some weird portal action <laughs> with my on. Bigfoot. Um, I want to go back to something you said a moment ago about not connecting the dots until later, because this comes up time and time again. You'll hear stories. Um, I think we did a couple um, abduction cases on the show where on two different occasions, two different people were reading a Bud Hopkins book and then going, they were triggered. Whoa, wait a minute, wait, whoa, missing time. This, I, this has happened to me before. And then one by one, those memories seem to come back. Why is that? What? <clears throat> it's, 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 it's a phenomenon that makes a lot of sense if you, if you connect the dots. And what I mean by that is uh, people, uh, case in point, true, hand of God, true story. <clears throat> one of my abductive friends, he goes to this guy's house. He's going to eat, eat dinner at 7 o'clock. Just keep it going for 7. Okay? He goes there and he says, weird. Why are those kids pulling that rope across the street? They're not children, number one. And there is no rope. What? And he's like, next thing he knows, he's knocking on the door, 11 o'clock that night, four hours late. And his friend says, call him every name in the book. Get off my property idiot come up here four hours late i mean got mad at him he, didn't, he had missing time he didn't even know wow he didn't have a clue what was the thing that he, he thought was a rope yeah it, these are called screen memories the alien will involve himself in what is a, a false the true false memory syndrome was created by the alien not some psychologists who wanted to uh mess with people the true false memory syndrome the alien will leave in, uh, and we've even seen this with uh, little girls going to uh uh, Girl Scout camps and things like that. They go tell their counselor. I don't know if we should tell anybody. And they, they, one of them is a friend of mine, and she's. I said, "What happened?" She said, "God, Daryl said they came in. And said we we don't know anybody to trust but you. We we shouldn't tell any of the counselor." She said, "She's she's an abductee. She should talk to me." It was like there was a big wolf that came inside our. How did he get the door open? I don't know. And he came up right next to the bed. And he's talking to both of us mentally. That's your key. Not with his voice. Mentally, and what happened? We, well, we went out with him like we're supposed to. You got to be obedient, and compliant. This is the name of the game. It's about control. It's always about control. Joe, you, what do you think the yeah. purpose of these implants are, in your expert opinion? I'm glad you qualified that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is, the implants are, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm being. As direct as I can and, and kind as I can about this phenomenon. The implants are invasive. They're not there with your permission. You did not give permission in your previous life to have an implant in you that would alter your neurotransmitters like serotonin, dopamine, and make you either extremely happy or extremely sad. You did. I, I hope you didn't give that to anybody. The, the implants are not transponders. It's easier to describe what they're not. Mm -hmm. They're not transponders. They're not... Uh, Tracking devices. Yeah, that's what Lord, we always they, hear. How did they devices. find you to begin with? Right. It, well, they were with me from birth. It was a thousand times bigger than you were. What are you talking about? It's not true. That's just not true. It's not even accurate. Not at all. So uh, Bryce and I collect um, comics and action figures. What's this collection we're looking at here? It's true. The collection you're looking at are some of the implants that I'm going to show tomorrow. In my, uh, I'm going to do a presentation at seven o'clock tonight. Oh, awesome. And, uh, and, of course, you're, you're all invited. You're all going to be there. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Except for the, the third person in the back. You can be there five minutes late. Okay. Now, those are a collection of uh, evidence that I've collected over 40 years. I have the largest collection of alien evidence anywhere. And that's not bragging. That's just a fact. And the reason it's, reason it's tough to get evidence is because abductees, I don't care, or contactee, I don't, I don't care what flavor you call yourself, you destroy your own evidence. Well, I find a weird thing is in my arm. I, I dug it out with a pocket knife, and then I threw it in the toilet and flushed it. One guy jumped in the toilet and tried to grab it when it went down. <laughs> Why did I do that? I said, we're programmed to, to get rid of, destroy, ignore evidence. I always ask people, I find this fluorescence on people. Fluorescence is like alien sweat. They touch you, they leave a fluorescence, penetrate your skin subdermally on contact. And I'll ask people, call me as soon as it happens. They'll check them. Half the time they won't check themselves with a black light anyway, but when they do, they're like, I did check myself. And? Well, these long fingers, three fingers, and, and when did that happen? Three weeks ago. 
So you're seeing glow-in-the-dark handprints showing up on That's the forearm. Yes, sir. And is that all you use is a standard black uh, black light? So anybody at home with, with oh, one no, of those? Oh, no, no. Or... You have to use the black light that I supply. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> right. that, that'll be out we'll in put the wagon as that. well. You yeah. can get those yeah. here after yeah. the show. You need my stuff. <laughs> now, the fact that... is, there, any, any regular black light will work, and you'll light if, if it's real, you'll light up like a Christmas tree. How do I know if it's real or not? The hand of God, true story. Lady went to one of my workshops, which I'll have tomorrow at between two and four o'clock. And she showed up and she had four. Oh my God, it's there. Oh, look. She's showing everybody. I said, wait, 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 stop the bus. I said, let's wash it off. And she says, what do you mean? I said, wash it off. And she did and it came off. Oh, well, why was that on there? I said, I looked at her age and I said, do you play bingo? <laughs> yes. What? What? Magic marker did you use? I used that orange one. <laughs> I'm just guessing, just psychic guess here. Probably that's what it was. But the fluorescence that you see, if a fluorescence actually appears on you, I promise you, you can't get it off. We've had doctors use all kinds of chemicals and all kinds of things. You can't get this stuff off. How long do they last? How much is that worth to you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just kidding, kidding, kidding. It's a joke. Uh, generally 24 hours. Wow. And uh, some uh, we've had fluorescence in very rare cases last up to two weeks. Very I swear rare. to God, I'm going to go back to the hotel room tonight, and Bryce is just going to be standing in the dark with a blacklight scanning yeah. himself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's and more imagery than I needed to know <laughs> yeah, about. Seriously, I think we've revealed too much. Um, I'm assuming you didn't get these on eBay. Um, I had a guy the other day uh, said, would you sell one of those? I said, sir, do you have any idea how difficult it is to collect alien evidence? Case in point, as soon as I did the first two public surgeries, 1995, I get a phone call from a guy named Robert Bigelow. Oh, Heard yeah. Him? Oh, oh yeah. we're very familiar. He said, I have five people here. They all, all have PhDs. One of them has got two PhDs and an MD. And I said, I wanted to crack a joke, but that wouldn't work. He says, um, you seem to be able to find a lot of evidence that no one ever knew existed in the UFO field. Could you explain, now that's a trap question, how you could get that kind of evidence and other people don't? I said, yes, sir. If you want to find a donut, go find a cop. And they didn't laugh. They didn't like that one. Well, it wasn't a joke. Everybody, everybody thinks it's a joke. It didn't, right. It's a metaphor. Yeah. Uh, hand of God, it's a metaphor. I'm an ex-cop. It's a metaphor. I said, if you want to find alien evidence, find a Native American Indian tracker that understands the alien. Mm. You'll find all the evidence you want, and there it is. Right. That's the way it works. That's wild. I mean, you say don't be scared of these, but I'm now terrified of having implants. He's afraid. Uh, <laughs> we got to go. Beam of light comes down. Daryl, you've stated that, uh, that there's definitely aliens possibly infiltrating our society, and that perhaps the human species may be t- some type of experiment, like a little farm. <clears throat> If that is, in fact, the case, what should we do about it? Or better yet, what can we do about it? I think that, um, <clears throat> number one, it's, it, anytime you live in fear, you're making a mistake. You, you're messed up. You don't make good decisions in fear. You have to think about what it is, uh, pray about it, meditate, whatever you do, whatever, whatever you do. And then come to a decision of what's right and what needs to be done. One of the best things you can do is get into a good support group. Mm-hmm. And so, and we've got an incredible an alien hunter support group, and it, it's hard to get into it because the moderator is going to check you, and if you're a therapist trying to sneak in, just get information on duct she's going to kick you out of the universe. Does that happen a lot? We get a lot of them. They, well, I'm just doing research. Right. They'll catch you so fast you won't believe it, and they will throw you out the front door. So that's not going to happen. It's an online deal. <clears throat> the purpose of it is to help people with their experiences and for people to notice that other people have like events and so on. But the main thing is uh, in dealing with this issue, um, you have to d- define, number one, what is actually going on. My fear is not, not good enough. I'm sorry. I, had a, I was all scared. I'm, I've, been, I've been having weird feelings. That's not a good criteria for you to decide what to do for the rest of the universe. That's your problem. It's not everybody's. So we have to come to, that's why we have these big meetings, so we come to a good, good consensus with good information about what we can do. 
That's why we need different points of view, even if I don't agree with yours. It doesn't matter. It's input. And out of the input, we can make good decisions. And I, I think that that'll help us to identify what we need to do. And being here at these conferences is, is a good start. That's great. You know, I know that you are a, um, a master hypnotherapist and a certified, and I know those are big words, but that, that, brings, uh, that brings me to the question. You know, if, 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 if somebody feels that they might have had an incident, what, in your opinion, justifies getting a, uh, a regression session? Thank you. Thank you for bringing that point up. <clears throat> when people ask me, I've asked, had that question asked a dozen times. A guy walked to me and says, would you regress me? I think he was asking you out, to be fair. I don't, I don't know you, sir. I said, no. You're a master hypnotherapist. I said, yes. I said, a master hypnotherapist is the person that certified the guy that you go to as a hypnotherapist. Right. That's what he does. I said, that's me. Well, then why are you not working with me? I said, because the first bullet fired at your case is going to be, that guy hypnotized you and made you believe every bit of that stuff. Don't do it. That's first of all, the reason hypnotherapists use hypnosis is because that's you're the nail and that's the hammer they have. They don't know anything else. That's nothing wrong with that. But that's we have all kinds of other tools. I can I teach on how to determine whether people are lying or telling the truth on a college level. Mm-hmm. Now, people below that, we can't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're looking right at me. We can't catch you. <laughs> so, I have a BFA in theater arts, <laughs> sir. sir. <laughs> I'm talking about. So, um, it, it, case in point, we went to uh, San Jack College in Houston, and I was going to teach this, and a, a guy walks up and said, wait a minute. And the professor was just horrified. This guy do that. You trying to tell me you think you can read my mind? I said, well, sir, you have to have one to read. Oh, I don't. I said, don't be rude to me. Don't be rude. This is Texas. We don't tolerate that. Amen. So he says, well, you can't read my mind. I said, you're first, sir. Have a seat. Every time I'd ask him a question, I wouldn't let him answer it. I would answer it for him. Oh, my God. This stuff works. He was the first one to pay 250 bucks to get into the course. I said, wouldn't you like to know if your client, as a psychologist or a therapist, is telling you the truth or not? Because sometimes they don't even know. But wouldn't you like to know? You don't have to tell them you know. You just continue their therapy in a very productive way. They don't have to know what you know. They just have to get the good result that you can provide. Mm. I, I don't know how. I, I, if I were an alien, Daryl, I would not mess with you, man. You have, like, a, a real bullshit meter that scares, <laughs> frightens me. Yeah. He thinks he's not an alien. <laughs> you got two microphones oh. in that vest? <laughs> he's double Who are you man. talking on that? First, you're talking to someone on that side. Who's on that hey, side? Who's on the other side? Alphabet You don't agencies. know. You're playing both Lots sides. Of he's people. playing both sides. That's right. <laughs> Daryl, you've said, and I, and I quote here, um, and I love this, the truth is no one really knows anything. And I extend that to the people in government and corridors of power. I think it's always been a constant struggle to figure out what's going on here. I'm sure people have drawn private conclusions in various intelligent military circles, but I don't think anyone has the truth. I mean, the phenomena has, that has been reported over seven decades is so bizarre, and it seems to be related to us as a species and our consciousness levels as well. We play a part in manifesting this phenomena. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that, that we play a part in manifesting this phenomenon? This is something I, we talk about on the show. Yeah, we're, the, we're the really... observer plays an integral part. I have no idea. I just write this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very poignant. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, the fact is that um, this is an, uh, scientists one day discovered something that scared, scared them half to death. They discovered, through the double-slit experiment and other experiments, mm-hmm. this is an observer-created universe. Yeah. Who's observing us? Right. Think about it. If it's an observer-created universe, you didn't create it. Somebody's watching you. Well, it's the alien. I'll give you a hint. It's bigger than them. But the po- my point is that because it's observer-created, you affect things from your own self. One of the things, okay, I, I, the ghost people asked me, come please speak to our ghost group. I said, I don't know anything about you guys. And, please do it anyway. I said, okay. 
So I went up there and showed them all these pure white pictures. You know, ghosts are like white colored and misty and ectoplasmic and all that. And uh, they said, yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's one I saw. I said, okay. I said, let me show you what aliens look like. I said, each one has a different signature. What? Aliens, angels, demons, all four of these guys have different signatures. If you don't know that, you don't know how to play the game. Hmm. So you're already at a loss. I said, the white stuff is often referred to as ghosts. We'll just generically throw that up there. I said, these are photographs taken from my own people in Brazil. They do all-night visuals where they go out and just sit there and take pictures of UFOs. And, you know, they're very scientific. have all their high-powered cameras. And, the, and I keep telling them, I said, what's wrong with you people? I love you to death. But you keep showing all these beautiful pictures, these beautiful colored images. Getting It's either big or small. And I said, are any of you having missing time? <laughs> oh, every time. <laughs> right. You're filming your own event. It's coming towards you. That's why it's getting bigger in the picture. Get out of the light. It's moving. It's, he's leaving. The event's over. <laughs> but they're all in color. They're beautiful. It's Wow. You never hear of Dr. T say, it was boring. They're like, oh. they're just stunned. The colors are incredible. The colors of an entity in transit. It's like the little lights and everything. What's the difference between them? An alien, uh, uh, that, that, that solid, look at it as a basketball-sized object. It was hard-edged, it's a probe. Mm. If it's fuzzy-edged, it's an entity in transit. That's wild. I'm just picturing a boring abduction where, like, yeah. An alien pulls up in a Celica, and it's just like, hey, get in. Come on. Get some snacks. Hey, it's Come happened. On. I don't think a Celica. Wait. But I'm talking about, uh, never mind. Let's move on. No, I want to stop here and talk about what is on your mind. It was a Toyota Prius. Uh, took me this morning. That was me. Um. One of our little catchphrases on this show is, uh, oh, I already asked that. Um, so basically, you know, like Michael said, he saw an alien in his window. Riley, um, he had an experience where he saw a strange light in his bedroom as a child. Am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? I, uh, I, it was weird. I, I woke up in my bed, suddenly very aware, and I looked at the clock. And uh, it was a digital clock with the red numbers, and it was all scrambled, and then it came into time. And I, I don't remember what the time was. And then all of a sudden, my room lit up really bright. And then it all went back out the window as a white orb that just went and was it gone. Over. And then I was, yeah, I was a kid. I was just sitting in my bed. But I, it was weird that I woke up, looked at the clock, room lights up, orb goes out the window. And it was all really a, kind of a quick thing. It's just one of those weird things that just stuck with me my whole life. I don't, I don't, but I've never really revisited that. Many, many people, that's all they remember, if any of that. And they, they just simply... Uh, well, it was only there for just a bright light for a couple of minutes. It's called missing time. Mm. We've discussed this before. <laughs> Remember your therapy. Get it through your thick <laughs> yeah. head. Right, right. I've never been to therapy, I, so uh, no, Darryl, one's, no one's convinced me of anything. I feel uh, like you're just we'll showing up places and right yelling away. at people. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. Um, all right, let me see here. What else do we got? Um, let's see. I've heard you say the alien and abduction phenomena is all about control. Famed ufologist Jacques Vallée shared the same sentiment. Seeing as how controlling someone or something is often a means to an end, could the alien agenda be pushing us towards something or perhaps guiding us down a path? I'd like to offer a metaphor. Metaphors give you enormous amounts of information without wasting a lot of your time. Is this going to be about a donut? It, very much. <laughs> it's a real important one. Um, if... Uh, how should I state this? Um, when uh, c control is what governments are all about. I mean, we need to impose a new tax. It's not about it. It's not just the money. It's another method of control. And I'm not being political. I'm just telling you this way it works. And, it, and after a while, you got your tax to death. You can figure well, what's about? It's about control. It, I, I mean, that's just the way it works. And the alien is no different than that, that sense of the word. Um, I want to... Are they gone? But what? But towards what? Toward what means? Like wh control for why? The the aliens never going to tell you. I I've, I've put this image up of these women 
sitting around a table and there's skeletons. And it says, women waiting on the perfect man. <laughs> and I also said, that's the answer from the alien to you. If you think you're going to get the true answer, if you've already gotten the true answer, I'll give you a hint. You probably got a wrong answer. Mm. I, I can tell you stories that make you cry of people who have been abducted when they're children, and I've known these people through dragging an oxygen bottle around. You need to help me. I, they won't tell me. They told me they were going to tell me the big answer. It's never going to happen. There is no big answer for you. Forget it. You're, I can't believe people buy into this stuff. I mean, it's just, in, in police work, we call it bunko. So, we, so mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, the, what we do on this show is we spend a lot of time just, you know, collecting stories, people's stories, looking at the lore, and just, th- it's a different, for me, it's an exercise of thinking about the universe and our, and our existence differently. When you are facing something as big as this alien phenomenon, and you've had your experience, and you're talking about them never having the, never getting an answer, where... How do you deal with that? You know what I mean? What, what, and what do you think, what currently is happening? You mentioned the game. You know, if you don't, you, you got to know how to play the game. What do you think is going on? Well, to me, uh, the, people want to know that, that really what they really, they, they ask the big question, what does it mean? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Meaning is something you ascribe to it. That. You felt this, or you think that, or what? That doesn't mean anything. That's look, when I put the cop hat on. I don't care what you feel. I don't care. I care about the event, what happened. Now we're going to go after that. The data. That's all that matters first. Later we can come back to how you felt about it and so on. But uh, when you're standing over the knife in your hand, the body laying on the floor, and there's blood on the knife, I don't care about your feelings. I want to know why you got a knife in your hand, and the body's laying on the floor. That's what I want to know. And, that's, and you have to look at abduction events the same way. You, you need to know the data. And people are like, well, you're being clinical. No. No. If you, if you don't look at the data, you don't understand some of the, some of the side effects of our statistics, as an example. Um, 55% of those people that, that are in the, 45, 45% of the people in these abductions are Native American and Irish Celtic. Almost a third of them in some, in some of our studies have a rare drug allergy to procaine, silicane, novocaine, lidocaine, cocaine, mm-hmm. any of the cane family. <laughs> you want to answer that one? Right, right. <laughs> <Is the> camera rolling? <laughs> no, no. I don't know why you're looking at me. <laughs> I you occasionally know. like to smoke a lot. That's it. At you. I think you know. I think you know. Um, going back to that uh, being all part of a game or control, do you think any, uh, any U.S. presidents have ever met with aliens? Uh, I actually, I think, uh, in my opinion, and it's just an opinion because I don't know. Sure. Ronald Reagan was coming to a, a party with his wife uh, for himself. You know, they were having a party. It's a true story. and You can read it yourself. They were like two hours late. Why would a president be two hours late for his own party? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was in California. We saw this weird UFO. It was the neatest looking thing. Yeah. It's called missing time. Him and his pilot chased it. He saw a light in the sky on his plane, and he ta- uh, pointed to his pilot, and he's like, do you see that light? And the pilot said, Yeah. And then they followed it. Is that right? Again, run away from the aliens. <laughs> run away. Why are you Go running towards way. it? Take a left turn. Wild. Let's switch gears here a little bit. Uh, Daryl, what do you think a Bigfoot is? Um, my take on the alien and Bigfoot are going to be vastly different than most of the people at this conference. Right. Get out. Uh, no. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Line in the sand. But the, the, my thesis is the following. Uh, from four years old, I started observing whoever they are, whatever it is. I noticed it didn't have a belly button. It didn't have genitalia. If it doesn't have genitalia, that means it doesn't procreate. Hmm, that's not like rocket science. If it doesn't have a belly button, it means it wasn't born. If it wasn't born, then it was hatched, cloned, made, or manufactured. Hmm, who did that, I wonder? So Bigfoot. Bigfoot did it. That's Bigfoot what I'm did about. it. That's, that's it. That's the answer. Bigfoot's so, a cloner. I, I love that. Idea. <laughs> I've told people for years that my theory, and, and people are like, I don't know, that's pretty weird. I said, listen to me carefully. There are seven players in the, in the alien field, mm-hmm. primarily the reptile, the humanoid, the Bigfoot, 
the little Mantis. gray hide and the praying mantis guy. I said, let me ask yourself some real basic questions and, and drop, take your UFO hat off and put it down because it's going to be wrong a lot of times. It, it jar, it, it jades your view. I mean, it to does. be fair, most people's UFO hat is not as cool as your hat. That's true. That's true. But <laughs> this is really threw you off a little bit. Like that that you, you know what? You're just enjoying <laughs> this way too much. I'm getting at you. I'm getting at you. Whenever, whenever you take your UFO hat, put your cop hat on for a minute, and just it may not fit. You may not like it. Just put it on. And ask yourself, question, where do you get where do you get praying mantis DNA? Probably not Venus. Hmm. But they have some praying mantises on planet Earth. Hmm. Uh, well, a, a Nordic that Nordic guy. He's so beautiful, big blue eyes, and he's so handsome and strong and all that. Where do you get human DNA? Probably not on Saturn. Hmm. I'm guessing. I will, hmm. Well, how about um, a, a reptile? I bet you can't get reptiles on Pluto. I think I know where you're going with this. Where do you think this is the cosmic Walmart of DNA? <laughs> Can we be the target? No. <laughs> no, I don't like to... target. I don't, I don't use that term. Okay, all right. Fair enough. Now, oh, Dylan, that's you true. said you've had, you have um, in your possession of evidence uh, juvenile Sasquatch fingernail and a urine sample. Is that true? That's what they say. That's what they say. How, how did you get that yeah, urine you, sample? Yeah, the, let's just get right to the urine. I, I had to, <laughs> listen. I had to make sure the show was going to be funny, and I this was my first time working with him. I didn't have to put that in there because these guys were awesome. I truly, but I threw it in there just see what would happen. Yeah. You're taking and the so now I'm literally taking the place here. You're really hurting me here. So the bottom line is that, uh, and the, the answer I think you're going to like. The answer is, and, uh, and, you, and you say, alien hunter, oh, my God, this guy, he hunts him. He does all this different stuff. I'm not really a bad guy, really. Uh, I believe that. You do? <laughs> he believes a lot. For the I believe record. anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the thing is that the Bigfoot samples came from a man who's ex-CIA. He's a retired sheriff. And when I say that I put my hand on there and say that man is go- he's real. Yep. My wife is a straight lace. Anybody you've ever seen in your life, we were driving in a, ro- in a, in a tr- car with him one night. Policeman pulled us over. And a little, little snarky, hot-nosed, just real snarky cop. You've been weaving across the wind. You've been doing that. And you, you meet these kind of people. they brand new. They don't know. They got a badge. and It's still... Got the plastic on it. You know, it's dumb. <laughs> and bad person to pull over. He's actually, he said, everything you were in the CIA that was good and honest and decent, I wasn't. He said, and to my everlasting shame, he said, I've done things that, he said, yeah, I was never anything like what you were. That's the kind of guy. Anyway, the, the cop, well, I'm going to check you out. And he said, I said I, I, and he's going to argue. I said, Please, don't do it. Don't. I don't want to spend the night in jail. Just you prove that you're smarter than he. Don't do it. And I, I've been here. I know what. I, I know what's going to happen here. And I want my wife to spend her night in jail. She said, "Don't do that." And he says, "Okay." The police, hand of God. Police officer comes back, hands him his license, shaking. Sorry to put you over, sir. Uh, y'all have a safe trip and everything. And Tor said, "What just happened?" And I said, I didn't want to tell you this, but he has a letter from the president of the United States. He says, please do not detain this man hmm. if he's pulled over. So when I tell you I put my hand on this man, he's, he's real. He is. He gave me the samples. Now, the question is how to get them. No joke intended because they're friends with it. Yeah. Well, it isn't the first time I've heard like, Duh. yeah, that's <laughs> wild. <laughs> Freak me out. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm your friend. Now just pee in this cup. You know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I promise. Stuff, right? <laughs> we just need a little sample. I know a real yeah. cool guy yeah. who's going to get a kick out of it. Um, we, we're, we're running out of time with Daryl. This has been an amazing conversation, but I know you do something else that involves animals. Yes. Thought you were going to say that. <laughs> what, what's going on here? Also, who's this? Who's this? Uh, what here? Tickling Whoa. a tiger. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, that's me. 
Uh, the bottom line is that is um, uh, I rescued that Bengal tiger out of an apartment complex in Houston, Texas. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Guy was a three-alarm idiot. And uh, long story short, I said, uh, I'm going to take the cat, and, I'm, and I'll, you can sell it if you want to. I'm going to put it on my four acres, and I'll take care of it. He said, but you can't take my cat. I said, I'm keeping you from going to prison. This thing was on the second story with a chain around his neck, and the, it was rubbed raw. Oh. I said, now, here's the deal. I'm taking the cat. I'm putting it on the bottom program, and I'm going to keep you from going to prison. How's that? You like the deal already? It's going to get better. You can sell it to anybody you want. Who's going to buy a half-grown Bengal tiger? Not going to happen. It's my cat. So later he comes and said, would you give me <laughs> a couple hundred bucks? It's, it's my deal. cat. Deal. <laughs> so I gave him a couple hundred bucks. That cat He's lucky went, he got that. Wow. But I'll tell you, I was not a happy camper that day. So uh, anyway, I raised the cat, uh, the, uh, the Bengal tiger. She is so tame and so friendly. And so please, if you want an exotic animal, don't do it. You are going to get hurt. It's not a matter of if, it's when it will happen. Don't do it. Non-exotic people should not own exotic animals. First of all, <laughs> first of all you're not, you're, you're, I am you're not exotic. Second of all, you don't own exotics. They own you. And when they decide they're going to prove it, there's not a thing you're going to do about it except cry or die. That's just the way it is. I agree with and that. And who's, who's this lady? In what? The other this lovely young lady next to That's you. That's my daughter. She lives in Scotland, and she, they're rescuing owls. These owls have been it just been decimated by poisons and things on plants and everything. So they've got the, the, the guys planting plants and selling all these things to the, the farmers to quit putting poison on the plants and let us put these owls out there. And the owls are killing off the population of rats like you can't believe it they're just shocked it's, let nature do its job get amen out of the that. way amen that's Woo. right that's what i'm talking that's about. an awesome place i that's think it. to wrap that up daryl sims everyone Seriously. thank you so much daryl for being yeah. coming and being on our first live show he's flexing this yeah. guy's awesome yeah. um where can uh, remind people where you're speaking tonight tomorrow here at the conference well you read my mind Go ahead, plug away. Uh, Alien, AlienHunter.org, just AlienHunter.org. Um, and if you click on AlienHunter, it'll automatically email me. You don't have to do a thing. I do answer all my emails, but I do travel quite a bit. I'll be in three countries in in two months. I'll be in Gobekli Tepe. Oh, wow. Looking for alien evidence. evidence. That's right. Because See, I, I think a different thing's happening there that maybe other people don't know. But the only way to prove that is not what I think. Mm. It's what I can prove. And the only way you can do that is get the evidence. That's why I do. Do you that. have something in mind like you're that. looking for at Gobekli, or are you just going to go there and and you know poke around a little, poke around a little bit? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The answer to the question is, um, uh, I'm going there to train two um, uh, Turks in, uh, in in investigations how to do UFO work. Gotcha. One of them's an abductee, and the other's a contactee. That's the world of different. Mm-hmm. That, I, I love them both. They're my friends. And I told the engineer, I said, I want you to get me in to go back to Tepley. He said, that can't be done. I said, can't doesn't mean a thing to me. Get it done. Pay the tax. What's a tax? It's called a bribe. I don't care why you do it. You get me in to go back to Tepley. I only need to be there for a few minutes at some of those different pylons and so on. That's all I need. And I will. nothing will be affected or hurt in any way. But I'll come back, I think, with... Some very powerful evidence. Well, I can't tell do. you what, but I'll can, I can come back on awesome. the blog and tell you if we find anything. That yeah. would be amazing. Sounds we would love great. to talk to you about that. We'll be done contacting you outside oh. the desert yeah. oh. and abducting um, you. <laughs> thank you once again, Daryl. You're welcome to sit up yeah. here and hang with us. Yeah. like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. 
Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.